Hi, girlies. Welcome back to the Glow Up Secrets podcast. My name is Alicia, the host of the Glow Up Secrets podcast, where I help you become more self-aware and expand your mind so that you can become the best version of yourself. I'm pretty sure I said that intro wrong, but does it matter? No, it does not. You're here, I am here, and we are glowing up into the best version of ourselves. Listen, today is the 10th episode of the podcast. I cannot believe I've been doing this podcast for 10 weeks because I post an episode every week. I can't believe it's already been 10 weeks. I decided to do this podcast. I knew I wanted to do it and launch it in the new year, and I just, I can't believe it's been 10 weeks, and it's basically almost spring now. So many things are coming. Before I get into the Q&A advice, all that kind of stuff, I just want to let you guys know that I will be moving very soon and I am going to be putting a lot more emphasis on the podcast, my TikTok, my Instagram, YouTube. I know it's a lot of things. I have some plans in place, but I just want to let you guys know, like, there's going to be so much more content coming for you guys. Maybe you don't think that I'm slacking. I don't think that I am slacking, but I just wanted to let you guys know, like, I'm I'm still here. We're going into a new season in life, and you guys know new seasons bring so many new things, so many new feelings and experiences and I want to show you that I'm on this journey with you guys. I want to give you all of my advice that I have, all of the things that I've been thinking and feeling, all that kind of stuff, so that it can help you on your glow up journey as well. So with the 10th episode, I figured let's do a Q&A. Basically, you guys sent me some questions that you have, and I'm just going to answer them. Just, of course, you want to just take what I say with a grain of salt or maybe pink Himalayan sea salt, whatever you prefer. Of course, it's just my advice here. I'm giving you the best that I can, but why not just try and help you guys out? So I asked you guys on Instagram. I actually did not, I wasn't able to get onto live. Um, Usually I go on live on TikTok and ask you guys some questions there, but I got a like quite a bit of questions on Instagram and I figured I'll do another TikTok live. I didn't really have time to get on there. So it's fine. We have enough questions and I think they're really good questions. I'm going to be talking about advice in your 20s. I'm going to be talking about dating advice for someone who lives in fear, how to stay true to yourself, what self-love truly means to myself. All of these things, I think they're really good and important topics to be talking about, especially if you're in your 20s, if you're younger, or even if you're older, this will absolutely apply to you. I think really if you're just on a journey of self-development and learning how to love yourself and healing and doing the damn thing, I think all of these will be very helpful for you. So before we get into the questions, I just wanted to update you guys a little bit. Like I had said We're going to, lots of changes are coming for myself and for you guys, I'm sure. I'm excited for you and I'm excited for me. I'll be moving very soon and I'm excited to talk about the move and what propelled me to do this move to begin with and having to work through fears and the unknown. There's a lot of changes happening even outside of this move for me and yeah, I just want to let you guys know that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm lots of changes happening within my life right now, and I will absolutely be talking about this more on the podcast and, of course, on Instagram, stuff like that, as I go through this transition. And if you guys have any questions or ever need advice or help, then, of course, message me, DM me on Instagram. I try and get to everyone. Sometimes I find it better if you're asking me something that is like really in detail for me to leave it for an episode like this. That way I can really kind of express what I want to say to you. But yeah, things are happening. I'm excited for all of us. All right, let's get into the Q&A. So the first question that I got was when I practice self-love, 
It just feels like I'm lying to myself and I get confused with who I am. Now, I had asked her, I'm pretty sure it's a girl and I apologize if you don't identify like as a girl or a woman. Sometimes when you guys message me on like Instagram and stuff, your usernames are confusing or I just can't pronounce the name and I don't I don't see a profile like photo and I can't really make it out. So I apologize if I mess that up. But anyways, I had asked this person further what they kind of meant. I figured I knew what they meant, but I just wanted to like confirm. And she was saying like, uh, I feel like I'm lying to myself when I'm talking to myself positively or trying to make myself feel better, kind of more like on that affirmation type of stuff. And so I want to address that. It definitely, you can definitely feel like you are lying to yourself when you go into the mirror and you tell yourself, I love myself. I accept myself. I'm exactly where I need to be. Sometimes those affirmations don't land because there's parts of you that truly do not believe that. There's parts of you that truly do not feel lovable. There's parts of you that truly don't believe that you can be accepted for the way that you look or the life that you currently have right now. And no wonder it's going to make you feel like crap or make you feel sadder sometimes, even sadder um, about yourself because you there's something in you that does not believe this affirmation, this manifestation, let's say, that you're even trying to create. I, I, I hear this a lot and I see this and I have done this myself when I've been trying to like manifest things, but it doesn't like I can't believe it, it's because there's a part of you that does not believe that it's true. And I want to say something to you, the person who asked this question, you are very self-aware for even acknowledging that, listen, there's something that does not feel right about me telling myself these self-love affirmations or whatever you're trying to tell yourself to make you feel better, which is very, very good. I know it feels weird. You're you're probably telling yourself, well, I should feel good when I tell myself I love myself and I accept myself. But it's actually very important that you catch the feeling of how that resonates within you when you tell yourself this and it doesn't feel right. That means that there's a part within you, most likely your maybe your inner child, your shadow self. I use those words interchangeably. There's a part of you that does not believe that and it's important for you to realize that because then you can work with this part of you and see why does it not believe that I'm actually lovable why when I'm my ego part my the person that I identify with the most is telling myself I love you you're worthy of love or whatever the case is why why is there a part of me that does not believe that and I always talk about parts work shadow work same thing I'm talking to the part of you that does not believe this affirmation that you're trying to force upon it is going to be key. You can spend all day trying to tell yourself in the mirror that you love yourself, but if it doesn't feel right, then you're still really at you're, you're at square one. And I think sometimes this can be contradicting to the people who say, oh, just fake it till you make it. Like, Okay, there's sometimes where maybe you have to fake it to you make it and like tell yourself one thing even if you don't necessarily believe it. But if this is like a reoccurring thing, especially when it comes to like self-love, I think it's really important that you are aware that there's parts within you that do not believe this and to try and force these parts to believe this without going into these parts and understanding the root causes to why they don't believe this in the first place and how can I get you to believe that you're worthy and believe that you're lovable. These are the conversations that you're going to need to have with yourself if you want lasting self-love. Like if you want to actually be able to believe the things that you're trying to say to yourself in the mirror. I think it's really hard when you go on social media and people are writing, oh, just say this to yourself or write these these affirmations or gratitude or manifestations. It's the same thing that happens with manifestations. Like if it does not feel right, It's not right for you. So my tip uh, with this is, of course, you want to get to that root of why there's a part of you that does not believe the things that you're trying to tell it, but also to actually make yourself feel better because I know you probably want to make yourself feel better. We know affirmations are like something to make ourselves feel better and great and we love that kind of stuff. What you can do is instead of saying to yourself in the mirror, 
I love every part of me when you know that's not true. Like there's probably a part of you that you really hate. Like maybe it's your stomach, but you're you're like trying to override yourself and just tell yourself like, oh, I love my stomach or everyone in society accepts that I have a big stomach or something like that, right? What you can do is focus on the things that you actually like about yourself. It doesn't have to be everything you like about yourself, but I can guarantee you there's one little thing about you that you actually, you don't even have to love, but just that you accept as the truth of yourself. So for me, let's say right now I don't like my stomach. I'm not even going to try and force myself to like my stomach right now, but I'm going to focus on, I really like my soft skin. I accept that as my truth. I have soft skin. I can believe that. People tell me that all the time. I know that I have soft skin and I love my skin. It's focusing on the things that you actually do like instead of forcing yourself to like every part of you. The The reality is when you're struggling with self-love like heavily, it's going to take you a while for you to look in the mirror and say, I accept every part of me. So take it slow. You do not need to override yourself and push yourself and, and, and really lie to yourself and say, oh, I love every part of me when you don't. If you have that feeling within you, let's focus on something that we know is true about ourselves or that you truly believe about yourself. And I'm telling you, it's the smallest thing. It doesn't need to be something big. Maybe it's not even your skin. Maybe you don't love your skin because let's say you break out on your face, but you love the skin on your arms because your arms aren't breaking out and your, your skin is just soft. Like just think little things like that throughout your day. Focusing on that will really help you build up that self-love within yourself and recognize the things that you actually currently have. And that will kind of bring your mind to actually believing like, oh, okay, I do, I am lovable in this way. And I think the more that you focus on that, you're, again, you'll be able to build up that tolerance. And of course, as you work through those deep-rooted beliefs, I think it's a great start in terms of really trying to move yourself on forward on the self-love journey. All right, next question. I had actually messaged this girl via DM and we kind of talked about this a bit, but I thought it was a really good question. I told her, I was like, I'm going to put this in the podcast and I'm going to expand on it as much as I can. So her question was, how do you keep friends with people from your past that is not a part of your newer version of yourself, like the work in progress you, basically? I really worded that weird. But basically, like, how do you keep your old friends when you're stepping into a new version of yourself? And I think first it comes down to not having expectations on people, especially your old friends. There's going to be a part of you when you're stepping into the self-love, healing, like self-development journey that's going to want everyone to be on board. But the truth of life and just human beings is we are all on different timelines and people are in our lives for different seasons or years, whatever you want to believe. And like reminding yourself that as you move forward in life, some people are just not going to be in that same lane, but nor do they have to be. I think some of us, especially on this journey, and listen, this was me, like back in the day, this was me. When I started getting into this self-love, self-development, all this kind of stuff, I started getting like negative vibes and, and just almost like holding grudges towards my friends who were not on that same journey as me. And I started judging them a lot. I, I was really judging people who were not on that same growth as me. I thought like at this point, this age, when I'm 23 years old, like you should be at least like figuring things out and and prioritizing your, your needs and your wants, things like that. But that was true for me, but it actually was not true for other people. So I think it's just, you, you gotta kind of remind yourself, like everyone is on different timelines. And I know maybe you believe that what you're doing could be good for your other friends as well, but it's not, it's clearly not the time. And the truth of the matter is, is things probably are going to have to change. You wanting to keep the same friends might really impede on your growth. If these people are not on that same journey as you, you really have two options. It's either you can stay 
exactly how you are with these friends. But if you do that, most likely there's going to be less growth within your whole life because the more you spend time with people who are not changing, you're, you are also going to remain unchanged. As much as you want to think that you will change with these same groups of people, it's, it's not the case. And I know we want to kind of have our cake and eat it too. We want to have be friends with all of our people, but also change in the process. But this is you holding on to something that is not going to help you move further in life. And again, you you probably want to explore that a little bit, like why you believe you need to have these friends the way that you've been having them. Like, why don't you believe that you could just make new friends? And I'm not saying ditch the old friends, but create new relationships where people are going to be on that same journey as you, right? So it's like maybe there's a part of you that's holding on for whatever reason. So working through that, but you got to remind yourself that people are on different timelines and if you want to truly grow, you are going to need to put yourself in different circumstances around different people and it can feel scary, but remind yourself you do not need to let go of these friends completely. You're just going to have to learn how to set a few more boundaries and boundaries doesn't have to be the strict brick wall. It's about identifying that I like to do these things now and you like to do those things and I'm not going to judge you for these things, but also I'm going to prioritize the things that I want for myself, for my growth. And if we can meet in some type of middle where some days or some months I can see you and spend time with you and that's not going to impede on my growth, but also it's not going to impede on whatever you're trying to do in your life. Amazing. Like really and truly, we don't need to be super black and white. I think when you step into the field of self-development and self-love and all that kind of stuff, we get very, we swing from one side to the other and we don't necessarily need to do that. We don't need to be so extreme about things. So I think that is my tips for you. (laughs) She also asked another question and it was kind of just about Am I overthinking about a situation or is it like my intuition and should I trust my intuition? And she didn't go very deep into that question, but I just want to quickly touch on this. I think with a decision that you're going to make in your life, to know if it's your intuition telling you like yes or no, or if you're just overthinking or whatever about a specific route or direction that you want to go in your life, I really think it comes down to getting out of your head and moving more into your body. How does this decision, whether that's a yes or a no, going to make you feel in life? Like let's say you want to change a job. You're probably going to overthink a million times over about should I stay or should I leave? But what does it feel like for you to stay in this job? And what does it feel like for you to leave this job? What does Do you feel freedom when you think about wanting to leave the job? Do you feel like you have all of these different potential life paths when you think about you leaving a job? Or is it more just you thinking of the idea of leaving a job and it just be like, yeah, well, that, that, that'll be good. Or yeah, I can make more money or just something that's very like logical in your head. How does this thing make you feel? I think intuition is definitely something that it's, it's really hard to even explain. Like really for me to even give you advice on this is really hard to explain. And it's really hard to listen to your own intuition. But I do think that really getting in touch with how a decision is going to make you feel and trying to experience both yes and no towards whatever decision that you're trying to make in your life. And instead of listening to the stories that you are telling yourself about the outcome of a situation that you are going to put yourself in, how does it make me feel? Does it make me feel good? Does it make me feel whole? Does it make me feel like there's so much potential? Does it make me feel positive? Or does it make me feel like nothing? Like there's no real feeling. Like I don't even, I'm not excited for this new thing or whatever it is. So I guess that's all I can do is touch on the intuition is to remind yourself to just listen more to your emotions, like your feeling body versus being in your head and the stories that you're continuously telling yourself. All right, next question. Your biggest piece of advice to someone navigating through their 20s? Now, this is a really good question. And I decided to do a lot of tips because me, knowing me, I just, I have too many things to say at all times. So 
we're going to go a little deep into this navigating through your 20s. Now, I am 26, so I am halfway there and definitely have learned a lot in my 20s. Now, I do think your 20s, like your early 20s are com- are going to be completely different from when you step into 26, 27, 28, like up to 30, like completely. Like there's that's 10 years. So much change is going to happen. So it definitely just depends on kind of if you're in your younger like young 20s or later 20s, but I think this advice is definitely good for really anyone that just is in in any process of growth. So my first tip is you do not need to have it all figured out. I know a lot of people say this, but it is, if I could just tell my 20-year-old self, you do not need to have it all figured out for you to live in reality and live your life and for you to enjoy life. Like I thought for the longest time, and this is still something I have to continuously work on, what are you racing to? Like why are you trying to get to where you're trying to go so quickly we have so many goals and we have so many things and or or, and want to do and we try and get them all done within like this time frame and this is a whole podcast episode about timelines and time frames and all of that kind of stuff but remind yourself you do not need to have it all figured out for you to be happy and be low stress and to enjoy life and live essentially. Next tip would be your thoughts you have in your head can affect your physical body. Now this is a weird one maybe for some people because like what but I'm not going to go too into deep with this but listen I've done a lot of research on the mind-body connection and you can do your own. I am not a psychologist or a doctor, so literally just take this with a grain of salt, but do your research and if you want any books on this, you can go to my Amazon shop. My link is in my bio and find the book, The Body Keeps a Score, The Mind-Body Connection, Healing Back Pain. All of these books are great for you to start at, but your mind is directly, directly connected to your body. We like to think about our thoughts being completely different and then just like anything that we feel within our body is just like what our body is doing. Maybe we have pain one day or whatever the case is. I would really, if you struggle with any any type of sickness, disease, chronic pain, anything like that, and listen, I'm talking from experience. If you suppress your emotions, if you do not take account and work on your mental health, especially if you grew up in a household with a lot of trauma, emotional, physical, whatever the case is, you will store that within you and your body will literally manifest that out physically through ailments within your body. This has happened to me plenty of times. Again, I've done a lot of research on this and hearing other people's stories, a lot of chronic pain, a lot of like any, really anything. And again, I'm not saying that if you think a negative thought, you're going to get sick, but you have to realize that over time, like let's let's talk about like just being 20 years old. You have 20 years of so many thoughts and feelings and emotions, especially if you've been through traumatic things, whether that is just emotional things or again, physical things. All of these things, you are storing them not only within your mind, but your body. And the more that you do not process these emotions, these things that you have been through, your body is not going to be able to hold on to this anymore. And it's going to manifest physically as ailments, chronic pain, all of these things. And it's really important for you to remind yourself that your your mind is connected to your body and to work on your mental health and to stop suppressing so many emotions and to work on them and get help if you need to, all of these things. We think that if we just take some medication or even not medication or just eat healthy, that all of our problems, all of our health issues are going to go away. And the truth of the matter is maybe some of these healthy eating and smoothies and supplements are going to help. But the thing is, are you addressing your mental health? So I'm not going to go too much in detail with this. If you want a good podcast about understanding just, and you can listen to millions of people's stories when it comes to how traumas in their past and their suppressed emotions have created physical ailments and diseases and things like that in the body. You can listen to The Cure for Chronic Pain by Nicole Sachs. She has a really good 
podcast all about that. That's that is one of the main podcasts I use to heal my nerve pain. I had nerve pain in my hands for about two years. I did absolutely everything. I went to every type of doctor. I was about to get surgery. I did cortisone shots. I did x-rays. I did therapy, acupuncture, everything you could possibly imagine. And the only thing that got my pain out of pain without any medical assistance or medication or anything. And listen, I literally tried it, tried it all was working on my mental health, was working through the suppressed emotions and traumas that I had been through that I was not working through, that I thought in my head that I was telling myself that I know of, but I wasn't actually letting it out. So very important. I just think that you need to remind yourself in your 20s that your thoughts will have an effect on your body. So working through your 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 thoughts, your beliefs, your traumas, the things that maybe you don't even know that are there, working with a therapist, doing parts work, shadow work, all of that kind of stuff is so critically important and you should just do it now because if you don't do it now, when you get into your 30s or your 40s, you're going to have to address these things at that time. All right, my next tip would be stop trying to force things that are not working. I think I'm just going to take a spin on this and just give an example about dating, I guess, or like dating men because that's who I date. I date men. I think a lot of us try to force things to work, force, not even force, but like try and convince or get men to see us, to see our value, to see our worth. We try and do everything that we possibly can. As soon as we feel like they're drifting away, we're trying to, you know, pull them back in. What can I do? How can I change myself? All of these things. And again, this doesn't even have to be for men. This could be any area of your life. If you find that things are kind of slipping out of your hands, like something is not working, I know you really want things to work, but if they are not working, just know there's something better for you that is coming. Now, it's hard for you to tell yourself this when you're in the moment. So when you're in the moment and you feel like something is not going your way and you really want it to go your way, I would really journal or sit or meditate with the part of you that is trying to make it go a certain way. Why do I feel like I need this specific outcome? Why do I feel like I need this guy to be in my life? Why do I feel like I need to have this friendship when the universe is showing me that it's really, really not working right now? And most likely, if you go to the root cause, it has something to do with childhood and all that good stuff. And you guys know I'm all about that. So it's really important for you to kind of go into that part of you that is trying so heavily to make something work and just... That helps you kind of step out of the pattern for a second and see things for what it really is. And again, I think we do this a lot in our 20s, or at least I did this, really trying to make things work when (laughs) if I just were to stop stressing myself out so much about this outcome, I would be able to move on quicker to other things that were actually for me. So very important for you to remind yourself that. Another tip for people who are on a self-development journey and just like really putting in the work, whether it's, you know, in your fitness or your food or mindset, whatever the case is, there's going to be so many days where you feel like, why am I doing this kind of stuff? Like this, I feel like is not really relevant. I am not seeing results in my day-to-day. I don't really know like why I'm doing this. I think it's important for you to remind yourself why you're doing the things that you are doing. And this is important when it comes to setting goals in general. You need to understand your why behind everything that you're doing in your life, especially when you start to question like, why am I doing this thing? And it's not even just to keep you on that path of going towards that specific goal. Maybe that means that you questioning why you're doing a specific thing might be the reason for you to not do that specific thing anymore. But I think it's important for you to think about why you're doing the things that you're doing and remind yourself like this, this type of stuff that you're prioritizing will pay off because of course it's going to help you stay on that path. But I like to always think of like my adult self, like I'm talking about when I have children, how are the habits and the things that I'm doing today going to not just affect me? Like I'm going to take myself out of this. How is it going to affect my children, my husband, our life in general? These are the things that you want to start thinking about and prioritizing in the long run because I think if we don't think about our long-term goals like at all, I think Sometimes we we start routines and set goals, but then we kind of fall off. And 
I think it's, again, it's important for us to always remind ourselves, like, why, like, what's the bigger picture here? Why am I doing this? And I think it's, uh, this is a t- very good tip for anyone who is, like, in this process. Think about take yourself out of it for a moment of course you're doing a lot of things to like self-development to love yourself all of these things a lot of it has to do with your own self but how is this going to help me raise my children be a better wife or whatever it is that you want in your life outside of just yourself another tip would be to remind yourself that it is okay that you do not fully love yourself yet, that you do not fully love your body or your financial situation or your career or your just your life, your love life or things like that. I think this goes back to one of the tips that I gave you about just thinking that you need to have it all figured out and remind yourself that it's actually okay that you don't fully accept or love every part of you right now. I think there's so much pressure on us. And I think obviously social media does not help when we see people saying you need to love yourself. And like, this is how you're going to level up in your life is like, you got to love yourself and you have to have confidence and you need to look good and you need to feel good and this, that. The truth of the matter is, is you accepting that you are not where you want to be yet is such a big part of your journey and it will actually help you learn how to love yourself. This is the question I'm going to get in at the end about like what self-love means to me. And I think that this is a part of it is like accepting that you're not where you want to be yet. It is totally okay. Again, you're in your 20s. Even if you're not in your 20s, you are okay not being where you want to be right now. Another tip would be to understand that relationships are so much more important than you think and to learn about them. Of course, I feel like in our 20s, we're learning to date and, you know, whatever the case is and or just making new friends. It doesn't have to be just dating or romantically making new friends and dating. I think on a surface level, we all know like we want these things, but we don't know how important these relationships are. We are relational human beings from the beginning of time. Like when we come out of the womb, we are literally stuck with our mother. And not only that, our our fathers have such a big influence on us. We are relational human beings. So it's very important for you to learn how to have healthy relationships with friends, with coworkers, with people on social media, with men, anything like, you know, and I feel like sometimes we neglect that and sometimes we kind of maybe will isolate and just we kind of put relationships on the back burner. And listen, there might be a season in your life where you're just not ready to take on relationships and learn about them or build them. But at the end of the day, when you're feeling lonely, you're feeling lonely because you don't have that deep connection with other people. And you probably don't have that deep connection with yourself as well. But even if you have, if you learn how to have this deep connection with yourself, you're going to get to a point on your self-love journey where it's like, okay, now what? And I personally think the now what is learning how to master relationships with other people. We didn't come on this world to just live on an island by ourselves. We came into this world dependent on other people our mothers and our fathers. And we learn from our earliest years in life how to connect with people. And if you came from a family that was pretty dysfunctional, with which a lot of us have, you're probably going to have to put a little bit more emphasis on learning how to have good, healthy relationships with other people. I think a really good episode for you to listen to would be my episode number six called Daddy Issues, Dating, and Reparenting. I talk a little bit about attachment styles and how your earliest relationships in life really influence how you are as somebody in your adulthood and how you have relationships with other people. So it's obviously really important for you to once again go back into childhood and like see how that dynamic was in your household and to learn about how you currently are and how you could be maybe even better in relationships. I think it's really important if you're somebody who is in your 20s, it can be lonely. It can be so lonely. You're trying to find yourself. You're dating. Things aren't working out. Things are working out for a bit and then seasons change, all of these things. You're going to probably feel a lot of loneliness throughout your 20s because you're just trying to figure everything out. And I think it's really important that you care about learning how to build and be in healthy relationships because that is really going to 
really hold you down through the process of learning and growing in your 20s. All right, my last tip, because I've given a lot and there's so many more that I could give, but it's to keep going because you have no idea where you will end up. Listen, I made a TikTok video about this a while ago. It was like months ago and it went viral because people needed to hear it. You literally have no idea. You have no idea where you will end up if you just keep going. And there's going to be so many days where you feel like, why am I doing this? What am I even doing? I literally feel so alone. I have no direction. I don't know what I like. I like everything and I like nothing at the same time. One day I'm feeling this emotion, the next I'm feeling this. It's It can be contradicting. It can be too much to handle. It can be fun. It could be not fun. All of these things, you're going to go through all of this in your 20s. But you at the end of the night, just remind yourself, like after you have let yourself cry through things, after you have... Even in an exciting moment, maybe you're falling in love, whatever the case is, just leave room in your brain when you start to think about the future and even your current state of being that you actually have no idea where you could go and end up and just keep going. Because I think we get in our heads and we we create this plan, right? Especially if you're like, you're like me. I'm a very big planner, big picture. Like I want to do this and that and this, that and the third, whatever. But I have learned to give myself the space and also have to give myself that reminder. Listen, you think that you're going to go this way, but I want to remind you, you have absolutely no idea where this one thing could bring you in your life. And there's actually a lot of freedom in that because it's like, just keep going and just the universe will work itself out. Everything will work out. You have no idea. Just keep going. Because and I say just keep going because again, we're going to you're going to get through you're going to have times in your life. Again, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or not where you're going to feel like I don't really feel like I can keep doing this anymore. And maybe you'll have to stop things and move to another thing. But it's the I'm going to stop doing this thing, but I'm going to direct my attention somewhere else. It's to keep going. It doesn't mean to overwork yourself, but just keep going. You have absolutely no, no idea where you will end up. And I can guarantee you the more that you're on this journey, the more that you listen to your emotional guidance system, which is that feeling, does these things feel good to me? Do they not feel good to me? Moving in the direction of things that feel better to you. I promise you it will take you so far in life and you might not know what that will look like, but you don't need to know what that will look like. The universe has your back. Okay, next question. That was a lot of advice and inspirational stuff. Hopefully that helped some of you. Next question, thoughts on dating older. Let's get into it, girlies. Obviously, we're going to be talking about men here because I date men. This is my this is my true thoughts on dating older. It's better. And listen, I'm not going to say every older man is better than dating a younger man, okay? But let's just let's just cover some bases here. This is what I personally think about dating guys in general. I'm 26, okay? Guys in their 20s, and I'm talking like all throughout their 20s, okay? Like like to to 30 years old, even 30, we're pushing it here. Guys in their 20s, they are figuring it out. Now, I don't want to put any labels or blank statements or whatever. I'm just saying in general, there's going to be a minority of guys who are not like this and that are definitely different. But from my own experience as, as well, a lot of men in their 20s, they're trying to figure it out. They, they Maybe they just graduated or they're still going to school. They're trying to build a life. You have to understand that men are going to have different priorities than women in a traditional type of relationship, which I know a lot of people, there's a lot of women who don't even want this, or maybe they do. I don't know. This is what I personally like. And this is, this is what I want for my life. Men who are expected to be the provider, expected to be the, you know, that husband, that protector, the provider, the, I'm keeping you safe. I'm making sure the, the bills are paid and, and everything is in order And I want to do this type of stuff for my wife and my kids and that kind of stuff. If you're trying to look for that type of man, it's going to be probably hard for you to find that type of man 
ready to commit to the life that you're trying to have when he's in his 20s because his 20s, he is trying to build that life so that in his 30s or maybe 40s, sometimes 40s, he's going to have that set up for a wife to step in or to have children, things like that. So of course, you like you want to know like what you want, but I'm talking again about the men who are probably going to be in that position of providing and protecting and creating this stable home for the wife and kids, well, you're going to probably have to wait a little bit girly or you're going to have to date older. And this is why I say date older because a guy in his 30, I don't even want to say 30s because honestly, some of them, a lot of them are not, they didn't even have it together when they're like 35. This is why I mean like just take this with a grain of salt because girl, I have dated plenty of 35 year olds and they are still trying to figure it out and no shade to them, but it depends on what you want. Personally, I want somebody who has already, who is already established. And I don't mean he needs to have all of this money and he needs to do everything for me. Listen, I work and I, and I will plan on working and all that kind of stuff, but I still want specific things from a man. And what I look for in a man is this type of archetype, I guess you would say. Most likely he's going to be 35 plus because he is put in that work. Maybe he has a business and it's not just up and coming. It's established already. He has been through dating relationships. He knows what he wants. He is past the age of trying to figure it out all out and dating multiple women and all of that kind of stuff. I personally do not want to date potential. I want to date somebody who is actually ready for me. And I think dating older is kind of where it's at because of that. Now, again, you're going to find 35 year year old guys who literally don't have it together. And you're also going to find 26 year olds, 27 year olds who have it together. But I still, I don't know, personally for me, I still get very, mm, I don't really know. I don't rule them out completely, but when they're young, even if it's like, okay, let's say he's 27 years old and he really has it together, like he has a business or he's really made it like whatever the case is, but he's kind of still in the, in the young mindset of, well, I have a lot of time to have fun, you know, like I am getting to know girls and I'm dating and this, that, like amazing. I think go for it, go for it, honey. I think you should be doing all of that, but I don't want to date a potential. I do not want to date a, I don't want to be a practice girlfriend. I have been a practice girlfriend for so many men and I am not doing it anymore. And I also think like with us women, right? Obviously our timelines are different. It's inevitable that we are going to think we are getting older. When are we wanting kids? Like we want to start a family, this kind of stuff. If this is somebody like that wants to actually start a family, we have to think about these things a lot earlier than men. And So dating somebody who is your age, like you might not be on the same level. I can even maybe make a podcast episode of dating younger versus older because I was in a relationship with somebody for two years and he was one year younger than me actually. And I was dating potential, but, and there's a lot of things that I tried to make work. And what I really realized from that relationship is like, I personally cannot be dating potential. And it does not mean that these guys are not good to date at all. I think also in your 20s, like as a woman, especially in your like early 20s, like you still need to learn what you want. And that means you can date young, you can date older, whatever. Obviously, if you're of age, all that kind of stuff, you want to be careful. But you need that time as well to learn about what you want and what you don't want. But I do think that a lot of us at a very like young age, like us girls, we kind of already know what we want. We are very much so in tune with our emotions. We are very much so we know what feels good and what doesn't. So I think just knowing what you want and who you are and not settling is going to be key, but also realize that if you're somebody like me who, who wants to not date potential and wants to date someone who is already there, you're most likely going to be dating older men who kind of already have that set out again. This is very generic. I can get totally into the details. And again, it's not just about financial 
stability. That is just one component, but I think it's a very important component. I, and I will talk about this. I do not care to talk about this. And a lot of men, you know what? The men who complain about women who talk about, oh, like women who want a guy with money, like they're gold diggers, da, 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 da. Absolutely not. Literally, first of all, I plan on working when I have a husband. Like I do not, I, I love the soft life, but I don't love the soft life to the point where I don't feel like like working a day in my life, okay? And if you do, good on you. Like good on you if you want to not work. Like I am, live your best life. But I, I think it's funny when men are always like, oh, like um, if these women like want like they're like gold diggers or whatever the case is. It's like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be burying your children for one. And for two, I actually care more about this financial stability, this protection, this safety so that I can raise a family. Not only with you, but for you, because I'm having your children, okay? Let's be real. Women, they take on so much responsibility when they have a child. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to put myself in a stressful situation and environment and Am, nor am I going to bring my children into that environment as well. Now, no shade for people who who are living in that current state. It literally, um, that was that was my mom's situation. That's how I lived. I see it all the time, and it doesn't inherently mean that you are wrong. But if I can be the smartest that I could be about putting myself and my children in a good situation in the future, I'm going to do it. And I have literally no shame around that. Like I literally do not. And I don't think you should either. If you want specific things from a partner, you can find that in a partner. There are so many men out there. And this is also for some, some girlies out here who think, oh, all the good men are gone. Listen, if you have that mindset, best believe you are going to find no man at all. Like I, I know that you, the the guys that you've dated in the past are probably maybe they were bums or whatever the case is. But I need you to start switching that mindset from thinking that oh, there's no good men and you know like maybe I'll have to just settle. Da da da. Obviously, you want to be very aware of like your expectations with men. I think that there's a lot of girls in society right now who think like. I want a man who's going to buy me a Birkin and buy me a Porsche and buy me literally everything and I'm going to live this soft life and I'm going to not work a day in my life and I don't want to do anything. Listen, if you want to do that, amazing. But also the t- like the amount of men who are actually going to be able to provide that type of life for you, there's a lot less men than you think out there that can do that. And what do you have to give up in order to live that type of life, you know? So it's just being really aware and having more open conversations. I think I definitely am going to do an episode about this. Anyways, I think that's all that I'm going to say. Dating older, I think is where it's at. They are more established. And if that is what you're looking for and you're more serious and you like want to start building a, a very stable life with somebody, I think dating older is where it's at. Next question, advice for someone who lives their life in fear. Okay. So First, I want to say, if you have not already, I have a abundance mindset journal guide on, if you go to my link in my bio, you can find it on my Instagram or my TikTok. And this addresses fear around abundance and creating kind of like the life that you want. So that's, it's really helpful, like just journal prompts. So I'll kind of give you that. But honestly, like you need to get to the root cause of your fear you are not going to be able to override the part of you that is feeling afraid with anything in your life if you don't address it. Like it's just going to come back if you try and override it and like push yourself to do something that maybe you're afraid to do. Now, listen, of course, there's going to be times where you kind of have to just like give yourself that little push. But if you're afraid of everything in life or like outcomes or anything, you're overthinking a lot, you need to go to the root cause. Why? What is making you so fearful at all times? And a good way to do this is to think about as soon as you go into a specific setting and you're feeling fear, like thinking about what about this setting or what about this person or this outcome am I actually afraid of? And it's really going to help if you try and do parts work. I have examples on my TikTok about this. So please go look at that or just Google what parts work is. It's the same thing as shadow work. You're just getting in touch with your inner child. And I think it's really important that you address your fears 
Because once you also do this, you can now decide whether you want to stay fearful or not. And that just really means that you're going to decide to work through these fears and you're no longer just going to live in like being somebody who's afraid of everything at all times. I think when you actually kind of step outside yourself and you see how much this fear is taking over your life, you're going to have that ability to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. But in order for you to not want to do this anymore, you're going to have to go to the root cause. There's a part within you that is fearful. You're going to need to listen to it, acknowledge it. You're going to need to probably have a dialogue with it every time it comes up. You feel fear in your body. You're going to be coming to your body and connecting to your body. You're going to be doing positive self-talk. All of these things, you're going to have to show up for the part of you that is fearful at all times. So it is going to be work. But if you can step outside of yourself and see how this fear is impacting so many areas of your life, most likely you're going to be like, I am done. Like, this is not how I'm trying to live my life. And it's going to take some work. It's going to really start, like I said, about going to the root cause and then seeing every single time that you have fear come up within your life, being just aware of it. Like, you're just, you don't need to even try and change the fact that you feel fearful. Just being aware that you're scared in moments in time. And then learning, again, that self-talk, the positive self-talk, the coming to your body, telling your inner child it is okay. You might be feeling fear. And that was created from a specific situation in childhood that no longer applies now even though your inner child believes that it does doing things like that every time that you feel fear that's you showing up for yourself and the more that you do that you'll get better at setting boundaries because what's going to happen is you're going to have to probably start to learn how to set boundaries so that you know you're not overriding yourself or you're not feeling so fearful or you're just not doing things that your inner child does not want to do but setting boundaries is kind of like that last step. It's the awareness piece, doing parts work, getting in touch with the part of you that is fearful and why is it feeling like this? Next question. Can you tackle people pleasing at its core? I've honestly lost my sense of self. Okay, this really has to go with that last question I just answered. I'm not going to be able to completely tell you why you specifically people please. But usually we people please because there was probably a person in our childhood, in our life, that we had to constantly please in order for us to feel safe. That's really what it is. It's a coping mechanism to feel safe. You want to make sure everyone is happy at all times. You don't want to rock the boat. And it could just also be the fact that you are maybe fearful of rejection or abandonment. So... You don't want anyone to leave you, so what are you going to do? You're going to start to mold yourself into whatever it is this person wants you to be at all times or what you think that they want you to be, so that way they do not reject you, they do not leave you, they do not get mad at you, things like that. So people-pleasing at its core is just a coping mechanism for something that probably you felt in your childhood that you no longer wanted to feel. Maybe your parent rejected you. Maybe your parent was very emotionally unstable. So you did the best that you can to make yourself feel calm and safe. That is what we do when we are young. At all times, we learn the best way that we know how to cope. Maybe you're coping through eating. Maybe you're coping through people pleasing. Maybe you're, you're coping through trying to be perfect with everything. Like there's a lot of reasons, but it's to take a look, a very big inventory of your younger self, your your childhood, things like that that have um, affected who you are as a being now and seeing how did I pick up this trait of being a people pleaser. And I'm sure you're, you're, you could probably go to it real quick. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it was a teacher. Something usually has, usually it's a parent or somebody that's very close with you. But it's important that you acknowledge that you picked this trait up from childhood or like from your younger self. That way you can send compassion to yourself for doing this. Because the thing is, what what happens is we get frustrated. You said in this um, question, you you feel like you're losing the sense your your sense of self and you're probably really angry at yourself you're probably really annoyed like i am so annoyed i know that i do this but like i i'm annoyed at myself for doing this it's to send compassion to the part of you that learned how do people please in the first place you were just trying to survive like you need to remind yourself that this is a survival a coping mechanism 
So getting to the root cause is like your first step. And you can do this by doing parts work. Like all you have to do is anytime you catch yourself people pleasing, like you wanting to change yourself or change the tone of your voice to fit somebody else's comfortability, let's say, catching yourself, changing yourself in that moment for that other person, like just being aware that that's what you do. Or let's say you really like this outfit, but you're going to hang out with friends or a guy and now you're picking an outfit based on what they want. Things like that, just like even writing a list down every single time in a day that you are you're trying to please other people just being aware of how many times a day you do that is so critical to this process and then taking it slow like there's probably going to be a lot of things that you do within your day that you are trying to please other people and I also think it's important for you to again when you write these things down just realize this is taking over your life. Like you are, you don't even know who you are because you do everything for other people. And this can be a hard process. You might need to like go to therapy and work through this, but it's important for you to see yourself as that every time you are pleasing somebody else, you are completely abandoning your inner child. That's truly what it comes down to. And the more that you do this, the more that you distrust yourself. Every single time your inner child or the just your inner most intuitive self wants to do something that feels good to them, but instead ignores and does something that will please somebody else, you are abandoning yourself. And this is going to create a lot of self-distrust. This is going to create a lot of you not understanding who you even are because you are so influenced and you are doing everything for other people. But the thing is, I think it's really, really helpful for you to understand why and who made you be like that in the first place. And it's not to like blame other people, but at the end of the day, it's like we get influenced in a lot of different ways. And there's probably somebody in your life that like influence you to create this coping mechanism of people pleasing. And I want to give you a little bit of advice when it comes to people pleasing at the end of the day, like literally you already know you will lose the sense of yourself. You will live for everyone else but yourself and you deserve to live for yourself as well. You might not believe it yet, but you are so valuable and it's hard for us to remind ourselves to even get ourselves to believe this, but it is so true. And I want you to also know that The more that you are able to set boundaries for yourself and to step more into what you want versus what other people want for you, you actually become the best version of yourself and therefore you are actually able to please other people. It's not going to be all people, but you're actually going to show up so much better, so much in a healthier state of mind in relationships, friendships, everything when you are doing things more for yourself than for everyone else. You can't be everything for everyone else. You literally can't do it. And if you believe that people expect that from you, then those are most likely not your people anyways. All right, next question. How do you stay true to yourself? Now, I think this is hard to stay true to yourself when you don't know yourself, when you don't know your true needs and your true wants. I think a lot of people want to be authentic and be them and yeah, stay true to themselves and create boundaries and all of these things. But how are you going to do that if you literally don't know who you are? And knowing who you are is knowing your inner child, is knowing that you need specific things that you did not get in childhood. It is stepping up for your inner child. It is setting boundaries because you know that being around specific people will harm you versus make you flourish. And I want to be honest here. It's not always going to feel the best to stay true to yourself, especially when you are a people pleaser and you don't want to rock the boat or you're just you're trying to get attention or love or affection or acknowledgement from other people like it's going to be hard right but I think that I mean the last the last question learning how to not people please is going to definitely help with staying true to yourself and of course setting boundaries but 
really getting in touch with your inner child and knowing what you didn't get in childhood and even as you grew up and what you need now in order for you to feel love and acknowledgement and safe in your life, that is going to be the, the best thing that you could do for yourself, for your inner child. You are one in the same. Like, let's take an example here. If you really want to leave your job because another job opportunity or another potential for you to do a specific job feels better to you, feels better for your inner child, you know it would be better for your mental health, all of these things. You deciding to do this job versus the job that you're in right now, that is you staying true to yourself because you are going in the direction of what feels the best for your inner child. You know that is what is best for yourself, but you're not going to have the confidence to do that for yourself if you're not convinced that your inner child or you even deserve this new job, let's say. So I think it takes time, but I also think if you continuously do inner child work, I think that this will really help you. I think this is, I always talk about inner child work, but when it comes to building trust, when it comes to staying true to yourself, when it comes to being authentic, when it comes to being confident, when it comes to not abandoning your, what you truly want in your life, all of those core things that are obviously encompass like a lot of self-love talk that we always talk about you are going to get the best at doing that when you learn how to step up for yourself and reparent yourself. And you learn how to reparent yourself once you actually do parts work and shadow work and you see what you didn't get in childhood and you are now deciding as your new parent of yourself, I am going to give this to myself. I am standing up for my inner child. It's hard sometimes to send ourselves love, but it's less hard to send our inner child love and to protect our inner child because we, we, we look at children and we just want to protect them. We want to love them, all those kind of things. So doing that for ourselves, it'll, it seriously, it will definitely do wonders for you and you will learn how to eventually stay true to yourself. Okay. Last question. Last question. I think this is a really good question. What does self-love mean to you? Okay. Last question. I think it's such a good question. What does self-love mean to you? Now, I have spent a lot of time talking about self-love, learning how to love myself. I am in the field of self-love and we're all going to have our own opinions. So again, this is just my own opinion. I think self-love is to accept and acknowledge and to love unconditionally all parts of me and to accept the reality of the fact that, that you have parts within you from childhood that are hurting, that are fearful, that are lonely, that are ashamed, that don't want to be abandoned. But then there's a part of you that wants to grow in your life and that wants to have confidence and wants to have that body and wants to have that life. All of these things to not hate on myself for either one. It's really hard sometimes to think about yourself as a multidimensional human being that you have different wants and needs and you're, you can be contradicting at times, all of these things and to not hate yourself for it and to not judge yourself for it. But I think it's really important and I think that that's what self-love is, is to accept that you are all of these things. It's to send love and compassion to every part of myself and to send confirmation and acknowledgement to all of these parts that they are valid, even if they feel like they're not, or I feel like, oh, how could this part of me like have any value? It is so important that you find value in every part of you. And that is very difficult and it takes a lot of time. And especially when there's parts with you that within you that you absolutely hate. How could I find value within the part of me that I hate? But once you learn how to do that, I think that's self-love. I think that is unconditional love. And I have a lot of content on that. I can go into more detail. I feel like I've been talking to way too long. So definitely let me know if you want more about that. But I just think that self-love really is loving all parts of yourself, really acknowledging that you do have an inner child within you and to send compassion, to give yourself space and to acknowledge that you are inherently valuable even when you don't believe or society has told you that you are not valuable. 
It does not mean that you need to be obsessed with every part of yourself physically or mentally at all times. It's to sit with yourself on those days that you feel like crap. It's to not have to try and fix the fact that you're feeling like crap. Instead, just hold space for yourself. That is like the most loving thing that you can do for yourself. So without further ado, I think that is it. I am tired. I am truly tired of talking because I've been talking for so long. So hopefully that helped you guys. Again, anything that I had touched on in this podcast, please let me know in my DMs what you liked and what you want to hear about more. I think there were so many of these questions were so good and I can expand on them for freaking years and I definitely will. But let me know. I love when you guys screenshot the podcast episode that you're listening to and tag me on Instagram so that I know that you're enjoying and that you're listening. So if you could do that, I would love it. I would love it. Also, I think that I'm going to switch my podcast upload date to Thursdays. So the one that you're listening to today is on Sunday, but the next episode is going to be on Thursday. So technically you're going to be getting one a lot sooner than Sunday. I think I'm just going to test that out and see how it goes on Thursdays and let you guys know how that works. But yeah, without further ado, I think that's it. I love you guys so much. Please, again, if you need any help with like journal prompts, I have an inner child journal prompt guide and an abundance mindset all about fear with manifesting kind of to do more with money and creating kind of the life that you want. Um, But if you're interested in those, they're only 10 bucks and they're on my link in my bio. So definitely get that. If you need some help, you can get it digitally or you can print it out. Want to work with me? Health and wellness coaching link in bio. All of the links, all of the things, girlies. I love you guys. I will see you or talk to you next Thursday.